Miami. What's up, y'all? So <laughs> today's topic is going to be about um, the pandemic of COVID-19. I'm going to touch a little bit about George Floyd and my thoughts and feelings on it, observations, what have you, and maybe share a few experiences, personal experiences, ones about what I've had to experience being a woman of color in this time where I'm having to observe so much. But for a long time, I've also tried to stay away from these topics because um, I feel like and I'm just going to say this, and this is, I'm only speaking for me. I'm not speaking for anyone else. We're all familiar with when something happens in the world that in America, we all live in a capitalist society. And sometimes people are definitely going to take an opportunity to capitalize off of any situation because that's pretty much the game down here. And There'd be a lot of times as an artist, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time to my episode, just because of this title, I'm about to go into that too, is that artists will do certain things to monetize or anyone. I don't have to say artists, but I am an artist, so I'm speaking from my perspective and my perspective only, that I will notice that someone will pass away in the media or some traumatic event will happen and artists will go run to their canvases and their studios and their supplies to create something to empathize or sympathize with unity and the rest of the world that something's going on and we're telling a message. There's also this incredible quote by Nina Simone, who which was a black woman, civil rights activist, but really, really, really known for being incredible pianist and singer. And she has this quote where it's the artist's duty to reflect at times. And more or less, she's saying, if you're not doing that in an artist, then you're not really an artist. Like, it's your duty. It's your responsibility. And some artists will take that very, very serious and are very passionate about it and are very real about their approach. Well, equally, there are still some artists out here like, well, I only do this because I know I can sell it or someone's going to buy it. Me, I always erred on the side of making art that I felt like represented me. So if I don't feel like painting a Tupac (laughs) or, you know, some fallen person to pay tribute to some event in history, then I was okay with not doing that because the streets were talking for me. I don't feel the need to reiterate something that's already going on. Equally, that's kind of why I feel the way I felt about COVID, uh, George Floyd, this pandemic and everything and all this change that's going on in our country right now. Like, I don't have to add to this, but equally, I'm not saying that I don't see it and that I'm not interpreting it and receiving the information as my own. Also, just because of the title of this podcast, I'm not also trying to communicate that I'm just trying to clickbait you guys into your emotions to be here to have this conversation with me because we got to admit at some point some of you maybe not able to admit but I I riddle you this sometimes when you're receiving information from certain places you don't ever stop to think or consider that maybe something about it just doesn't quite add up with your beliefs or 
you know, you could be wrong or incorrect. You know, everything in life is a spectrum. And I hate that we're always forced to put everything into black and white and no gray area. Sometimes there's really going a gray area has to exist before you get to the black and white. That's where the confusion is at. That's where the questions, the concerns, the searching, the digging, the finding happens is in the gray area, in my opinion. So I wanted to start this podcast off with starting with what I believe kind of triggered that 2020 was going to be different. Now, there were a lot of weird things happened in 2019, but we don't need to get into it. As far as I'm concerned, this whole thing started with some stupid ass chicken sandwich from Popeye's. (laughs) That's when I saw how people reacted over that. And I'm like, man, something's not right here with that. I mean, I've heard of people running out and getting the hottest, latest iPhone and standing in line for four hours. I've heard of people, you know, doing all these things just to have things. And the chicken sandwich one really disturbed me the most because, um, of course, there was fighting and arguing. When is there not? I'm pretty sure there, the media is more interested in showing you people of color fight each other over a chicken sandwich at Popeye's than they're interested in showing you people of not so much color standing in line and arguing with each other in outside of an iPhone store and possibly getting into a physical altercation as well. These things have happened, but it's how information gets presented to you. So when... COVID happened and then it was declared a national emergency and a pandemic. I really wasn't that surprised. I get how some people at first really didn't pay it any mind. They thought it was a hoax. And for those people who thought it was a hoax or still believe that it's a hoax or still kind of on the fence and not really sure to what to believe, all of your feelings are actually valid. You're only responding to things the way that you know how to respond to things in the fashion of which you know how to respond to them. Sometimes those can be very primitive or denser emotions like anger and frustration and fear. Sometimes it's choosing the lighter emotions to acknowledge it, be self-aware, and understand that you can only control what's in your free will and try to keep yourself healthy, not just in the sense of like washing your hands, but like your mental health as well. So I understand how everyone's feeling about that. I understand that this has impacted the lives of everyone from coast to coast, from state to state and county to county, from municipality to municipality, to individual, to group, to family, to organization, to business. I understand that. This is something we all equally have and had to continue to experience through this time. I get your feelings. I, I understand that. What makes me frustrating about it is that not necessarily the rules that are being set in place by our governments or our leadership. I mean, still quite very disappointing, but the judicial system is long as I've been in America and have experienced America for 35 years has never really been a system that I ever had any confidence in or believed that was there to actually help or protect people. I really always felt like it was just this organization that was just there to do business. (laughs) And that business is to continue capitalism here, which, you know, I'm not saying capitalism is bad or good. I'm just saying that's just what we got right now. And that's just where we're at. And the conversations around ever changing that or being something else just get way too intense for some people. 
And we got to start having conversations about that or anything really that is hurtful or harmful to anyone. So with this pandemic going on, you know, I saw people around me who were already living paycheck to paycheck now lose everything that they have. Um, that made me really extremely frustrated if this is the land of opportunity. I understand a pandemic is going on and such, but people should have never been placed in a position to where their whole lives would get destroyed. And equally, I understand that, oh, they should have planned better, but like really system, systemic oppression and lack of education, lack of access to education, just you guys know we all don't start off on the same starting line. Some people have an advantage and some people have disadvantages. Um, some people just aren't going to fit that mold that the society as a collective says that you have to fit. It took me a while to figure out that I wasn't one of those people that could fit that mold of grow up, get a job, go to college, get in debt, make sure you have a retirement plan, but regardless of what you do, you just need to work. And that, that you know, in, 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 in a sense, that is actually true. You need to work, but you need to make sure the work you're doing is work that you care about, you're passionate about, and that represents you. And sometimes, because of society, we get pushed into a realm of not being able to discover what that is. Or fortunately, like me, I knew that I liked art ever since I was three or four years old. But I got deterred from it the older I got because my parents, you know, lovingly so, were concerned that I pursue other things that they felt were more concrete or applicable to the time frame of America that they lived in other than mine. I get it. Doesn't mean that I agree with it, but I get it. It took a lot for me to take care of my own mental health and help myself to get myself to where I wanted to be to create or try to create a version of happiness of work and life that I would enjoy. So the pandemic has wreaked havoc and I've seen people's mental health um, just spiral out of control. There was even a point where a few weeks where I was caught in the midst of not being able to handle my own emotions a lot. There was a point for a few weeks after the George Floyd death um, that I started, I had met my max of being overstimulated with things that I don't don't want to don't want to see. From being in the occupations of being in a fire department or a police department or being in the military, I had already seen death several times over in many different forms. It's not something comfortable for me to see. It's not something joyous. And I'm just going to tie this in. But I also think that people who watch horror films, uh, just my opinion, only speaking for me, you got a problem there. Um, there's, no, there's nothing I could possibly enjoy or find fulfilling about watching people die. I have a problem with it. I have a moral issue with watching people die. I never understood why, even we can take it back to medieval renaissance times where there would be public hangings and beheadings and people would come out with their popcorn. Like, this has been embedded in our culture for a long time to be okay with murder, to be okay with it as if it was porn, to just enjoy more murder porn, porn if you will. 
and I hated that. No human being, I really believe, should be okay with watching someone die and watching death and being surrounded by death. I understand that death is a part of life. We can't get away from it. You know, I had to deal with the death of a parent, death of colleagues, death of high school friends. We all have dealt with death for a really long time, and I think we all know that it's not very comfortable. So it makes us afraid. It makes us angry. So much comes with death. There's even five stages of grieving to deal with death. And and grieving doesn't always even have to be death. It can just be a relationship that went bad or, um, you know, a, a point in your life where something is dramatically ending without any warning. You need time to grieve. You need time to heal. Our country never gets time to do that. Our media constantly throws things in our faces to make us feel and get involved a certain way. Whatever's going on in a celebrity's life, I'm typically not interested with, but some and most people are. Yes, there are certain celebrities that I like and I pay attention to because I follow their mission, but typically they're not the popular ones. They're not the ones winning the Grammys. They're not the ones winning the Oscars or the so-called made-up important uh, awards ceremonies that they have teenage years I stopped watching you know music awards video music awards because it just kind of started to feel like a waste of my time to be so wrapped up in someone else's um matters or their life or their achievements and their accomplishments of course if it was one of my immediate friends like if this is what you want and it makes you happy and you want me to be there I'm gonna be there but if I don't know you at all uh (laughs) I've never spoken to you um the likelihood of where you're at in your life I could never touch you why would I be that interested in what you have going on for entertainment right because I'm told this is entertaining but we've all been told that celebrities and tuning into these types of things are entertaining now we treat you know murder Robert there's a, there's a whole series called cops where it's just cops going around arresting people all day Seeing people be afraid and laughing at it or in fear or how people choose to react to it, we've gotten really desensitized with our emotions over time because of media, because of the world that we live in, that this type of behavior is okay. Like, it's always okay. It's not okay. (laughs) I believe that it's most certainly not okay. There's this big thing that I'm about called empathy and compassion. And... I always understood those definitions, but it took me several years to really start practicing them and learning how to manipulate myself with these own emotions, to sometimes just walk away from things that don't serve me, to not put my energy and time into things that have nothing to do with me or anything that's going to work towards my particular goals. Why? Why spend three hours on, you know, a social media platform just scrolling? Yeah, I probably got some laughs while I was going through, but that was three hours that I probably would have preferred to spend with actual human interaction from my close friends or doing something that I genuinely enjoy so much more that gives me so much more happiness or something that could continue to build my business or my dreams or my goals or something that I'm working on that's going to make me happy. So... Seeing other people get hurt or seeing other people happy doesn't always necessarily make me happy, but I'd like to believe in some facet of that, that my time that I choose and where I choose to spend it matters. So I watch people kind of spaz out a great deal over the COVID-19 
people calling it a hoax. Even even to a certain degree, I don't believe a lot of what I see because like if you keep adding, then yes, numbers will keep going high. And if people continue to go out and, you know, spread the infection or disease or what have you, um, they're just going to do it. And it's just something you just kind of got to wait to go away. It's not going to last forever. The Black Plague didn't last forever. <laughs> you know, the destruction from storms in our past that we've experienced didn't last forever. Certain things do last forever, though, when you choose to make them last forever. You know, so generational poverty is something people choose to make last forever. I know it's harder to get out of that, but once you get out of it, you make sure that you don't practice the old habits you had to go back and you'll be fine. And even then, sometimes life will still start send you curveballs, but at least now you have the confidence and you know in real time, in your real experience down here on earth, that you can do something about it to change it. So why not change it? So with COVID, I, I really just didn't necessarily shrug it off. I just paid attention. I paid attention to how I reacted, how the world reacted around me, and I saw how how much this affected people. They were forced to stay at home and look in the mirror now. And now what you see at home in the mirror, if you're not putting on makeup for someone, if you're not taking an Instagram photo, if you're not here to show people how great your life is going, then what are you gonna do now? And a lot of people, um, some people were excited for this time off. They went and they started a podcast, <laughs> LOL. They went and they created art. They started reading and researching. It's been a cool thing to watch, kind of. Some people responded to this, you know, with just their raw emotions. The people that, you know, were living this facade, living for the weekend, you know, there's no weekend anymore. Your weekend is now every day, but now your playgrounds for your weekends are taken away. What are you going to do? You're realizing that you don't have any hobbies. You don't like yourself. You don't like your situation. You don't like your spouse, whatever. You're just realizing that there's a lot of stuff in your life that you may not like, but I'm here to tell you, you can change it. That's part of my daily mantra. Stop doing things you don't like. That is like the fastest way to change things in your life and make you happier. It's to just stop doing the things you don't like. And I understand for everyone that's not easy. You just can't stop your job. You just can't stop this. But this is some time off. Some people were able and responded to the pandemic quickly and swiftly enough to put themselves in a good financial decision. Some people didn't even know what to do, so they couldn't. I understand all these variations and all these different scenarios for different situations and different people. I really do. So COVID happens and people just respond to it. Like every human being right now is just doing the best that they can. And if it's not up to your expectations, then shame on you. Equally, you shouldn't be shaming other people because they're not being as productive as you either. Some people really, really just don't have it. And they haven't discovered that in themselves, excuse me. They just, they're just not there. But you're not going to be the person by pointing your finger and screaming at them to get them motivated, especially in a passive aggressive kind of asshole way, <laughs> in, in my opinion. So now I want to move over into George Floyd. This is where I started to struggle this year with 2020. George Floyd happens. I don't watch the video for a while because usually these videos are quick. It's like one or two minutes, but... I, didn't, I still haven't watched the full video. I, I cannot watch something like that for eight minutes and 46 seconds. I absolutely can't. I saw the clip where he began screaming out for his mother 
and ultimately he, he died. I saw how the media handled the story. I saw how there was a second autopsy report revealing that he died from asphyxiation, not because of drugs or any other underlying health conditions. It's just, this one really irritated me more than some crazy infectious disease or some murder hornets or whatever stupid shit that they want to do right now. This really affected me because my whole life I've been a black woman. I can't change that. And I understand the sentiment of Black Lives Matter because we're trying to communicate that to a lot of people, to pretty much most people who aren't black, our lives don't matter to you. And equally, I understand all lives do matter because they do. All human beings and lives matter. I don't agree with anyone being like gruesomely murdered or tortured for entertainment at all, regardless of what race you are. But I feel like when people are saying all lives matter, there's two sides to that coin. First side is maybe that person is actually saying that, hey, your life does matter, but all lives matter, and I want all lives to matter, and that's why I'm choosing all lives matter. Unfortunately, the other side of that coin is if you're being a fucking dickhead, is you're saying all lives matter in response to like, well, I don't care that your house is burning down. My house isn't, and my house matters. That you, you sound like a dick if you're really just saying it to counter out. And, and let's move into Blue Lives Matter. There's no such thing as a blue life. And this is coming from someone who used to be an ex-cop. I can take that fucking uniform off, but I, I can't take my skin off. And this is coming from an ex-black cop. Like, blue lives don't really exist. I, I get that. That's a fucking occupation. <laughs> it's not a... It's not a defining race of a person like what what race is the blue race please tell me because i know what the white one is i know what the yellow one is and all of these colors are actually quite offensive if you think about it and childish to label someone that is what you are just because of a skin color which is you know we'll save that for another conversation one day but that's just absolutely ridiculous in itself but all of these arguments, all of these conversations, it got to a point where I felt like, you know, I could start sharing some of my stories. So I shared some of my stories on my personal Facebook page about, you know, hey, my experience is being a black cop in a white department. My experience is being a black firefighter in a white fire department. Um, sure, they always handled, you know, hired like, you know, one or two percent. They would make sure was, you know, meeting their diverse quota. But for the most part, most of the people who were in there didn't look like me and it didn't really bother me but I could tell that it bothered them um I told stories about even trying to be in an interracial relationship where I dated a white guy you know in my late teens early 20s and his parents made us you know break up because they weren't comfortable with their son dating a black woman only for me to run into him maybe 10 years later after I go through the military and the police department for him to say, oh my God, I miss you so much and I'm so sorry what happened between us. I'm so glad I'm here to have this conversation with you. And, you know, everything's going well until he gets to the point where he's like, but, you know, I am married to, you know, a white girl now, but I'll tell you what, I still think about black women all the time and I still watch ebony porn. <laughs> um, okay, well... Something I used to be, you know, upset about and heard about when I was younger, I'm not so much now. It means you haven't really matured or you've grown either, you know. There's so much more to me than being about what the 
I guess the lustfulness that comes with maybe the, I don't know, romanticizing and fantasizing about being with black women. It's just, even if that was the intended message or wasn't, it just wasn't a good delivery and it certainly wasn't received well. I didn't bother into going into correcting his behavior, except I said, well, you know, hey, um, I'm glad that, you know, you can still enjoy um, what you enjoy and have the life that you want and kind of went on about my business. It's been a lot for me to take in. It's been a lot for me to process. You know, I've lived a life as a black woman my entire life. I cannot take this off. And as much as I've tried to remain silent or vent or go through it, I've finally arrived at a point where I've just decided to just not, to just not. I'm happier <laughs> not logging into Facebook and having my white friends apologize. I'm happy not logging into Facebook, seeing my black friends say, your silence says everything I need to know about your personality. Not entirely. There seems to still be a lot of primitive conversations going on around these very, very mature topics. And it, it frustrates me that we, we're still in a place that we can't communicate properly with each other respectfully and come to a place of understanding. I'm not asking anyone to go against any of their beliefs, really, but maybe just challenge that what you think or what you feel might be a little different if you thought about it from a different perspective or maybe if you I don't know with the stories that I've seen people sharing on social media even I've received a few private messages and DMs from people saying oh my god like that really happened I'm like yeah that really happened and people for the longest have been thinking that black people have been making this up need I remind you it was only in 1967 when black and white people could get married like it was illegal for them to be married it, it was insane and all of this stuff really didn't happen that long ago there it's still going on and I'm not even really sure why because I can't remember the last time that I got you know beat for working on a plantation because that shit doesn't exist anymore but for whatever reason people have a tendency to hold on to beliefs and traditions of things that they really haven't experienced in life and, and that's okay but we have experienced the the racism the systemic oppression the it's just so awful it's just so awful what i'm seeing how everyone's reacting to it i'm literally sitting here getting emails and messages from companies that i know that would never hire a black ceo would never have you know a black person as the head of their accounting department saying that they are standing in solidarity with black lives matter it took for such a intense event for all of us to watch eight minutes and 46 seconds of murder porn to finally while we were being broken down by coronavirus our worlds being shooken up question change all these things it took for that to hit us in one of our most vulnerable moments for people to maybe start understanding empathy and compassion and saying, oh shit, this really is a problem. It's, it is disappointing to a great deal for me to witness it. And I can't bring myself to draw any COVID-19 art. I can't bring myself to 
do a mural or a portrait of George Floyd right now. I can't bring myself to feel like or want to scream that black lives matter. I am just in a place where I wish everyone would just choose better. Because this this isn't about race. I know people are saying how can it not be? That that might be the top layer, you know? That might be the how we start this conversation, but I don't think that this is a race issue at all. Bear with me. I know some people are really listening to this going like, what the fuck? How could it not be? Hear me out. It is a moral compass issue. And if you're not sure what a moral compass is, you can Google it, but I'll generalize real quick for you. It is a person's ability to observe a situation and act accordingly by doing the right thing meaning that you know what's right and what's wrong and regardless of who's involved you need to do the right thing equally I understand why people don't do the right thing a lot I do I've been in occupations where I've tried to voice the right thing I've been in occupations where I've tried to correct my colleagues on some behavior that I felt was very unbecoming for the profession we were in and I actually got in trouble for it some people have gotten fired it's not been very nice or rewarding in the least bit to try to be the person who's the voice of reason in this but i'm speaking here today i just don't want to get too deep or too suckered into these conversations because i feel like it does nothing but just anger and frustrate people we see that right now we're all angry we're all frustrated but at the end of the day we're all still human and it's a moral compass issue If you're going to say something to someone that's going to hurt their feelings and you're saying it with the intention of hurting their feelings, by all means, do whatever you want to do. Pick your high path, pick your low path, pick your you path, whatever. But just understand that your actions do really have consequences. That negative thing that you said or you did that maybe gave you your jolt or your jolly for a few moments or your high for a few days, it probably traumatized and impacted another human being. And now they're going to go through life carrying that burden with them and it's not one that they willingly created you know it's not one that you'll be we don't talk enough about mental health we don't talk enough about happiness we talk too much about what's going on in the media and we're never ever given the tools not even in school to cope with stress cope with anxiety cope with society or cope with anything that would actually help you navigate how fucked up it really is down here that's what makes me sad it does it's a moral compass issue you just need to do what's right when it's right and when it's wrong you need to stop it so it won't exist cops have been killing people of color for a long time but ultimately cops have been just killing They're one of the biggest organizations that we have that are responsible for, like, a big bulk of deaths. So if you look at the data collectively with that, it's like, damn, we need to start holding cops accountable. Not just for with black people, but with all people, honestly. It's a moral compass issue. We shouldn't be this comfortable with death. We shouldn't be this comfortable with inflicting 
pain and harm and danger on other human beings. We really shouldn't. I understand that you have a job to do, but is that job really always that necessary? Is it necessary to the extent, like, why can't we change things? Why can't we redefine some rules? Your government tells you what to pay in taxes every year. Your government tells you what to do. Your government tells you everything, but you guys don't listen to yourself sometimes when I know you have that fucking voice in there saying, uh-huh, this doesn't feel right. Maybe I shouldn't do it. Or like you hear the voice and you sit, you just completely choose to just ignore it and just go to what your brain has programmed you to do and you being yourself and all of that. That That's fine. Doesn't mean that it's right. <laughs> just because the choices you make doesn't mean that they're right but equally like i am tired and i don't feel the need to participate to the great extent that everyone is feeling i should participate with i had to step away from social media i had to get lost with staying inside it's not that i wanted to ignore the world that was going around going on around me it just it just got too fucking noisy it got too loud with everyone screaming and shouting I didn't see any logic or any any light in a lot of that despair that I felt sometimes in the last few weeks with everything happening in the place that I live now. It's been a humbling experience, too. I know America's not the greatest country, even though they sure like to act like it. Um, they're not the only country that has freedom or anything like that. But this is where I'm from. This is where I grew up. This is where I currently hold my life. But I will say, like, in closing, that this is a moral compass issue. And you fix it by holding everyone accountable and making them choose better. You have so many laws and rules right now to deter people from doing something that is unflattering. Well, maybe it's time that we relook at these laws and we relook at these rules and we figure out what we need to do to get these things up to speed for the sign of the times that we're all experiencing right now. So I just want to say to all of you, you know, eat healthy. Try it if you're not already doing it. Like, you'll feel better. Spend time outside in the sun. Not to tan. Just feel the sun. Drink lots of water, not just so you can have clear skin, but that is an awesome benefit to it, but drink lots of water. And if you never really considered just sitting alone in a quiet room in a space and trying to understand your own mind and the thoughts and patterns that are going through it and getting it to quiet because you're in charge, it's this thing called meditation. It helps. I know it looks weird. But everything looked weird the first time you saw it. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> so, just think about that. Just This is time for inner work. Not just inner work with white people. And not just inner work with black people. This is time for inner work with everyone. Because this is a moral compass issue. There is too, too much of a gray area right now about what is right and what is wrong based on color of skin scenarios, what have you. The way I look at it is like, 
I don't want to spend time in a gray area. It's okay to spend time there while we figure things out, but we need to move on. Instead of making the gray area more vast, we need to work on shrinking it. And we do that by correcting ourselves with having a better moral compass, by holding each other accountable for when your racist aunt, whether she's white or black, says something about someone who is white or black in a derogatory sense, you need to call it out. Um, you need to not make it acceptable for certain things to exist anymore. Sure, it'll it'll never truly go away, but it will shrink, it'll lose power, it'll lose strength. And I think that's something that's well more, you know, successful for our own mental health and us of a collective trying to be better people, but you gotta hold each other accountable. And sometimes that means having to get uncomfortable. But when you're uncomfortable, that's something telling you that you don't feel right, this doesn't feel right, and that is time to change. And the fastest way to change is to stop doing things you don't like. Anyway, those were just some thoughts. Y'all have a good one. I love you. What's up, family? Thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. You guys have no idea how much that means to me. Exciting news. Perspective of an Artist podcast now has an Instagram account. So I appreciate if you guys head on over there and give me a follow so I continue to grow the community and share my message and inspire people to stop doing things you don't like. I love you guys so much. And if you love what I do and you love what I'm about, head on over to larueart.com shop. And there's plenty of stop doing things you don't like. Merchandise, hoodies, notebooks, my art, just anything that you feel like you want to have to help you and inspire you and inspire other people around you to stop doing things you don't like so we can all get closer to our versions of happiness. I love you guys and take care.